Hello and welcome to the Flogcast Network. This is Scott Benzing filling in for Justin Ruff this week. It is Wednesday, October 30th. A little bit cold and dreary out there in um, Indiana today. Uh, finally seems like that fall weather's starting to come back. Um, so I'm sure Ruff's glad that he's on vacation with family somewhere warm this week. Um, today going to be going over some of the waiver wire activity that occurred early this morning. Talk about some of the ads that guys had. Uh, pretty light, pretty light in the ad category today. Um, not very many waiver claims, but we do have a few. So let's get right into it. Um, waivers cleared at 4:07 a.m. this morning. Um, pretty early. Uh, I know they clear anywhere usually between 3:30 and 4:30. And if you wake up at 3:30 and have to sit there for another 40 minutes. It's really frustrating. Um, Fortunately for me, I did not do that this morning. I was at the bottom of the waiver priority after using the top spot last week on Ty Johnson, which looks like it might be a bust. Um, Ty Johnson, the running back who was expected to fill in for carry on and just didn't have a whole lot going this last week. They did a full committee in the Detroit backfield. so. Kind of upset about wasting that priority, but you know what? That's fantasy football. you got to take a shot on guys you think have high upside. And all the reports sounded like he was going to get them the most work there, but now it doesn't look like that. So this week, Keegan was at the top of the priority. Did not use his waiver spot. Um, the first waiver claim was Justin Ruff. He claimed Robbie Anderson wide receiver for the Jets. Um, not a surprise there. He, uh, Robbie's got a really easy stretch of the schedule coming up. Um, hasn't been great as a wide receiver this year, so it explains why he was in free agency, but that schedule really opens up for the Jets moving forward. So, Ruff might have got a steal there um, if Robbie can pan out. I know he's looking for high upside guys. So, Ruff claiming Robbie Anderson, dropping the Jags defense, uh, pretty good move there. Doesn't make a lot of sense to have a second defense on your bench unless you are Blount and the Patriots are on a bye. Um, not a whole lot of defenses worth hanging on to through their bye week. So Justin Ruff adding Robbie Anderson. The next waiver claim, Savage Patch Kids. TC adding McCole Hardman and dropping Frank Gore, old man Frank Gore. So, McCole Hardman, one of the Kansas City receivers, um, another high upside guy, young guy. I think he's a rookie this year. Uh, Had a couple games where he broke out, but hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, Seems like he only gets targeted a couple times. Not sure if he's going to do much with Matt Moore as quarterback, but um, Patrick Mahomes will be back sooner rather than later. So, could be a good add if he starts getting more involved in the offense moving forward. Um, and then dropping Frank Gore, uh, at this point in the season, Devin Singletary's healthy. He's showing that he should be getting the ball more because he's very explosive. Uh, I think he's averaging probably over seven or eight yards a touch. Um, but he only gets like five to 10 touches in a game, um, any point this season. So looks like the tides might be turning there in Buffalo, uh, Frank Gore, not a very high ceiling at all. He usually gets a good amount of carries, four yards a carry, but uh, don't blame TC for dropping him. The last waiver claim uh, was the high-flying Hawaiians, adding Jalen Samuels and dropping Chris Thompson. 
this is a big move. Uh, Jalen Samuels, it was announced that he is back and healthy um, and should be playing this week. He is the second running back there in Pittsburgh. Um, and with Jake having James Conner, makes sense for him to pick up Jalen Samuels. James Conner dealing with a, a shoulder injury, an AC joint injury. Uh, so Jalen Samuels could get a lot of play in that offense. He was used, he has been used more and more since Mason Rudolph took over, uh, doing sort of a wildcat thing. Um, Connor had had Jalen Samuels in his IR spot for a while, ended up dropping him, and Jake scooped him up with his waiver claim this week. Uh, Jake dropping Chris Thompson to make room. Uh, Chris Thompson running back in Washington. They have Adrian Peterson there. Uh, Darius Geis looks like he's going to be back in the next couple weeks coming off of IR. So the the workload for Chris Thompson hasn't been great already, and it's probably only going to get worse going forward. Washington's not a good offense. So good move by Jake there, adding Jalen Samuels, getting the handcuff to James Conner um, for his team. And then uh, the only waiver claim that was denied this week, go through this report here. Uh, I put in a claim for Robbie Anderson, uh, but Justin had priority over me. I was sitting at, as I mentioned earlier, I was sitting at last on the waiver order because I used that Ty Johnson um, claim last week. So Justin sort of cucked me there on the Robbie Anderson one, but not a big deal. Um, no issue at all. I like my bench. I was just going to add a guy that looks like he might have a good second half to the season. Some of the other ads this morning after waivers cleared. Uh, Magic Skull Bus, bright and early. Keegan up bright and early this morning. Waivers cleared at 4.07. Made this move at 4.08 a.m. Dropping the Steelers defense and adding the Cowboys defense, who are playing, I believe, the Giants this week. So division rivalry there. Cowboys... Um, Daniel Jones has looked, after that first week against Tampa, uh, has been pretty inconsistent. Did have four touchdowns against the Lions this past week, but um, I think the Cowboys should do a good job of containing him and containing the Giants' offense. Uh, Keegan making another move, dropping J.D. McKissick, who was one of those committee running backs in Detroit, and adding Tony Pollard. The handcuff to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Tony Pollard has looked good in limited touches. Obviously, Zeke's going to get all of that work, uh, 90%-ish of the carries. But anything happens to Zeke, Tony Pollard would fill in. And running behind that good Cowboys offensive line probably be a viable flex play every week. Uh, next free agency ad, 4.11 a.m., Savage Patch Kids adding Matt Gay, the kicker from Tampa Bay. Um, I didn't take a look yet, but I'm assuming uh, TC's kicker is on a bye this week. And so probably that's more of a streaming option for him since um, there's not a whole lot to pick from in the kicker category. And just have to have somebody in your lineup that's going to at least have the chance to get you some points. Um, TC also... Oh, I did not even notice this. So TC used a waiver claim on McCole Hardman, and then he dropped him about six minutes later to add Derek Carr. Uh, that seems like a strange move to do to move down in the waiver order and then immediately drop the guy you just added from waivers um, 
to pick up a quarterback to throw in your lineup. So have to talk to TC about that move tomorrow on the uh, TC Thursday because that just that's a strange thing to do. Yeah, TC dropping down to seventh in the waiver order now, um, picking up McCall Hardman and then instantly dropping him, trying to get that uh, quarterback in his lineup. And I believe that is because TC has the Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, and he is on a bye this week. So weird move by TC there. Um, And then the other two moves, I woke up not as early as everybody else, 8.20, added Zane Gonzalez, kicker from the Cardinals, and also the Browns defense um, to put in this week going against Denver and likely a backup quarterback there. Um, Who knows who that's going to be. Wouldn't normally start the Browns defense, but Denver's offense has been bad uh, with Joe Flacco, and now he's not even going to be playing. So hopefully get some turnovers there. Uh, Low-scoring game with Cleveland versus the Broncos in Denver. Um, So that is it for all of the free agency and waiver wire activity. Not a whole lot going on this week. Um, wasn't a lot of players available that uh, were worth a waiver claim, but I was kind of surprised not to see some more uh, movement. Uh, just looking over the waiver wire real quick, or the uh, free agency, see who's still available. Uh, tight end Greg Olson uh, has been in and out of some guys' lineups earlier this week. Um, Philip Rivers, quarterback, still available. He has been, he's pretty much consistent all year. Um, but I understand the, the hesitancy to play him in your lineup at any time, especially this week going up against Green Bay, who has a pretty good secondary. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling still in free agency. I don't think anybody trusts him. Uh, especially with Devontae Adams coming back. Aaron Rodgers seems to be throwing more to his back, his uh, running back. So interesting to see him still there, but understandable. Uh, then some other guys, Baker Mayfield, not surprising to see him. Uh, Eagles defense could be interesting pickup for somebody. They are playing the Bears in Philadelphia this week. Bears offense has been really bad. Defense have a good, or Eagles defense has a good front seven a good defensive line Um, and Chicago has pretty much relied only on the run short passing game. So could be somebody that uh, gets picked up Eagles defense gets picked up and put into a lineup. And then, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot Uh, Tampa Bay running backs, but both of those guys, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber get a split backfield and bucks are just, uh, I, I don't want to get into it, but if your quarterback turns it over four times a game, it doesn't really matter um, for the fantasy purposes of your running backs because you're going to be down and throwing the ball a lot trying to catch up. So Bucks running backs likely to stay in the free agency pool. Um, and then other than that, yeah, not a whole lot. Miko Hardman back in free agency because TC used that claim and then dropped him. Darren Fells tight end for the Houston Texans uh, has had a couple big games, but don't know how he'll keep if he'll 
if he will keep producing. Um, so another name to keep an eye on. And then Cole Beasley, Buffalo wide receiver, uh, guy that gets a lot of targets, but it's all underneath stuff. So not too exciting there. And then Danny Amendola, the wide receiver in Detroit. He is a guy that um, has been getting more involved recently, but seems like he either has an eight-catch game or a one-catch game. So not somebody trustworthy that you could throw in your lineup and feel great about. Um, other than that, yeah, that will conclude it for the waiver wire wrap-up, uh, waiver wire pickups. Um, stay tuned for the Commissioner's Corner coming up next. I will be going over some NFL news, some studs and duds, my freak of the week, and then some projections coming up for the this weekend of NFL games as far as who I think might have big games and then go a little bit over the matchups. So stay tuned for that. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Hopefully can get TC on the horn and be able to go over the matchups more in depth for TC Thursdays. So stay tuned for the Commissioner's Corner. This has been Flogcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Commissioner's Corner. This is your Flog Commissioner speaking, Scott Benzing. And we have just concluded week eight of the NFL season. Halfway for most teams, um, some of the teams that had a bye, uh, sitting at seven games on their record so far, but pretty much the official midway point of the NFL regular season. So things are getting exciting. Um, Week eight also marks the two-thirds point for the fantasy regular season, which is 12 games. Uh, So getting into that last stretch before the uh, fantasy playoffs still got some guys hot on the trail looks like um as justin's talked about in the past and so have i five teams are competing right now for the flog playoffs uh keegan scott and quentin blount both sitting at six and two myself and the owner of the savage patch kids mr tc sitting at five and three connor close behind at four and four and then marcus jake and justin all sitting at two and six and really trying to avoid the dreaded toilet bowl championship game. Um, So things are getting really interesting. Hopefully there'll be some more trade talks now that guys know where they're sitting. Uh, If you're two and six at this point, very unlikely that you are making the playoffs, but you do not want to sell off your whole team and lose the toilet bowl playoffs. So be interesting to see how things shake out over the next few weeks of the season. And we'll get right into it today with some NFL topics. Uh, Pretty light, not a whole lot of things. Patriots and 49ers are still both continuing to dominate undefeated teams. Um, And the Dolphins and Bengals still suck. Both of them are winless. Uh, Looks like they're competing for the number one overall pick. I believe they play later this season, so that may be the real toilet bowl of the 2019 NFL season, but see how it pans out. Um, Patriots and 49ers though, both of these teams look incredible. Great defenses, 
Pats are having a historic season. 49ers defense is having a really good season. And then both have viable um, offenses too. Uh, it may be the weaker point of both of these teams, but it'll be it'll be fun to watch them play down the, the stretch of the season. Um, yesterday marked the NFL trade deadline and it was pretty boring. A lot of the bigger trades had happened uh, throughout the first month or two of the NFL season. Jalen Ramsey trade, um, Mo Sanu getting traded to the Patriots, Emmanuel Sanders getting traded to the Broncos. Yesterday, there was a lot of talk about guys that could get dealt and nothing ever really materialized. Um, I think the day before, Kenyon Drake was traded from the Dolphins to Arizona for a late round pick. But that was about the biggest news. Not a whole lot of movement yesterday. Uh, Aqib Tlaib getting traded, I believe, to the Dolphins from the Rams. So they were talking about how that was a cap move. But pretty boring trade deadline. Uh, not nearly as exciting as trade deadlines. Some of the other sports where big moves are made on the last day. But um, yeah, no more trading for the NFL season. Can't reopen trade negotiations until next March. So teams are pretty much at where they're at now. Uh, some injury news around the NFL. Drew Brees started this week after tearing that ligament in his thumb. Uh, so he took back over for New Orleans and didn't look like he missed a step. He had a really good game. Uh, they definitely moved the ball better in the passing game with Drew Brees. Um, and even without Alvin Kamara, they were able to get it done. Uh, Nick Foles is practicing again for the Jaguars. He broke his clavicle in week one, I think on the first drive of the season. And Gardner Minshew's filled in, but doesn't sound like Nick Foles has taken back the starting job just yet. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to stretch it out, be like, oh, we're, we want to make sure he's 100% when really they want to uh, have an excuse to bench Gardner if he has a bad game and then put Foles back in. So as of right now, uh, Appears like Gardner Minshew will remain the starting quarterback in Jacksonville. And he's done a really good job for a six-round rookie. And then Pat Mahomes, no update here really. Uh, the news about his injury, his dislocated kneecap, have all been great. Uh, they're talking about how he could be back as early as this week, although um, it'll probably be at least, he'll probably miss at least another game. So but not nearly as bad as what that injury could have been. Seems like Pat Mahomes is just just a different species almost uh, with the injuries he's dealt with playing earlier in the year with that bum ankle and still being able to throw the ball around. So I know they want him healthy for a playoff push later in the year. So maybe play it a little conservative there in Kansas City and bench him if they don't need him. All right, so that covers NFL topics and now getting into Freak of the Week. And there were some good guys to choose from this week. Um, Aaron Jones had another big day. Mike Evans, uh, Cooper Cup came out. Huge receiving day. But this Freak of the Week for Week 8 goes to running back Tevin Coleman of the 49ers. And... He had a big day uh, starting for the Blount Force, um, who I was playing this week, unfortunately. Uh, 11 carries, 105 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and then added two catches for 13 yards and a, 
another receiving touchdown. So four touchdowns on the day for Tevin Coleman. Wasn't the highest scorer this week, but only having 13 touches and getting four touchdowns is insane production. Um, as the 49ers blew out the Carolina Panthers, put up a 50 burger on him. So Tevin Coleman, congratulations on being freak of the week. Moving on to some studs and duds. Um, stud quarterback, surprisingly, Daniel Jones. Uh, Marcus picked him up, threw him in his lineup because Dak was on a bye. And Daniel Jones, 28 of 41, 322 passing yards and four touchdowns. Added four carries for 13 yards, did lose a fumble, but high score at the quarterback position, 32.1 fantasy points. Uh, no Marcus likes to see that. Daniel Jones has had really up and down year. Not sure how his fantasy outlook projects going forward, but he had a big day this week. Some honorable mentions, Deshaun Watson, 30.6 fantasy points. Had that incredible touchdown throw where he got kicked in the eye. Readjusted his face mask and still threw it to Darren Fells for a touchdown to take the lead against the Raiders. So that was exciting. Watson is awesome. And then Aaron Rodgers also having another productive fantasy week, 30.1 fantasy points, throwing the ball a lot to Aaron Jones, which is our stud running back of the week. Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 67 yards rushing, seven receptions, 159 yards receiving, and two receiving touchdowns. That is a big day. 38.1 fantasy points. Um, Aaron Jones, I had given him Freak of the Week for his four-touchdown performance a couple weeks ago. Uh, He had a chance. He was in the running this week. But like I said, if you get four touchdowns on a day, you are definitely right at the the top there for Freak of the Week consideration. Um, Like I said, Aaron Jones, 38.1 fantasy points, biggest scoring day for any running backs this week. Some honorable mentions. Latavius Murray, 32.2, filling in nicely there for Alvin Kamara. Dalvin Cook, 25.6, continuing to do what he does. And another familiar name here, Christian McCaffrey, 25.5 fantasy points in a losing effort to the 49ers, but he was still able to get his. Stud pass catcher, Mike Evans, another guy who has been a freak of the week and had a really big day against the Titans. 11 catches, 198 yards, two touchdowns, 37.3 fantasy points. Uh, dude balled out. Uh, it was in a losing effort, unfortunately, uh, if you're a Bucks fan. But he showed that he definitely belongs in the conversation of best wide receiver in the league. Um, at least top five, top three, possibly. Um, he's just a freak of an athlete. And Jameis, uh, when he gets down, when he needs guys to make plays, Mike Evans is usually the one he goes to, although Chris Godwin's been really good this year too. Some honorable mentions for wide receiver, Cooper Cup, 31.5, had over 200 yards receiving and a touchdown against the Bengals in London. Kenny Galladay, big week, 25.3 after that down week last week. Julian Edelman doing what he does, two receiving touchdowns, 23.5 fantasy points. And then sort of a surprise here, Ryan Griffin, who is tight end for the Jets, 22.6 fantasy points for him. Now moving on to the duds. And there weren't as many this week as there typically are or have been in the past weeks. Uh, Dud quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. 
ended up getting the win, had that big drive at the end of the game, set up Adam Vinatieri for the winning field goal. Uh, but fantasy-wise, not a great day. 15 of 25, only 202 passing yards. Added six carries for 34 yards on the ground, which is, should be a season high for him in rushing, but did have a fumble, so knocked some points off there. Ended with 9.4 fantasy points. Uh, really low for the quarterback position. Uh, dishonorable mention is Kyler Murray. 10.1 fantasy points, just no touchdown value this week. Um He's had his last two games have dipped down in production, but Kyler's shown that he can be a productive fantasy quarterback, so not too, too concerned about him season long. Dud running backs, um, unfortunately, got to give it to Chase Edmonds, who did leave the game early with a, an injury. Uh, he was filling in for David Johnson there in Arizona, but he had nine touches on the day for a grand total of 13 yards. Seven carries, eight yards, two receptions, five yards. Hurt his hamstring, um, didn't get a uh, follow-up on that big fantasy day last week. Um, Ended with 2.3 fantasy points, so really low day for him. Had him in my lineup. Uh, Dishonorable mentions, another guy had in my lineup, Le'Veon Bell, only getting five fantasy points. Uh, Matt Breida on the Magic Skull Bus, 5.5. I believe he left a little bit early with an injury too, but didn't do a whole lot when he was in the game. LaShawn McCoy, 6.3, and Derrick Henry, 6.8. Both guys in the Blount Force lineup and guys that um, really didn't perform this week. Henry going against a good Tampa Bay rush defense, did break off, I think a 30-yard run, lost a fumble, no touchdowns, so low Low week for Henry, who's been pretty productive this season. Dud pass catcher going to Larry Fitzgerald. Two catches, eight yards, 1.8 fantasy points. Was in the Coon squad lineup. Um, Seems like Larry's kind of falling off as the season goes on, not getting targeted as much by Kyler Murray. Um, So we'll see if his slide continues or if Connor's going to throw him in his lineup anymore until he proves that he's going to be productive. Dishonorable mention for pass catchers, Brandon Cooks, zero. Um, And this was due, again, to another injury. He, I think he was in for only a couple snaps and ended up taking a shot to the head, leaving in the concussion protocol. His second concussion in, I think, a month. And so he might miss some significant time. NFL's really taking head injuries serious now. And so it'll be interesting to see when Cooks gets back on the field. Um, He was in the LeBron Kings lineup, Justin's team. Um, He just traded for him, back for him a couple weeks ago, and now it looks like he might miss some more time. Um, Another Rams pass catcher, Gerald Everett, tight end. 2.5 fantasy points, also in the Coon Squad lineup alongside Larry Fitz. So had a couple big weeks sprinkled in there, but hasn't. he's also had some pretty dud games as well. Surprising name, Zach Ertz, only three fantasy points. Um, He's just been kind of down this year. Dallas Goddard starting to break out a little bit. Zach Ertz not really living up to that preseason hype, that preseason projection of being a top three tight end, uh, not getting a lot of touchdown value. Uh, But this was, a, I think, this probably his lowest scoring game of the year. Um, So... Interesting to see how Zach Ertz looks going forward. Jimmy Graham, another tight end, 3.5 fantasy points. Nothing really going on there. He was in Marcus's lineup this week. 
Kenny Stills, 3.7 fantasy points. Not a lot going on for him. And Marvin Jones, after that four, four touchdown game last week or the week before, uh, Marvin Jones, only 4.2 fantasy points. Not what you like to see, but looks like Marcus is just going to have to throw in both of the Lions receivers and uh, see which one goes on goes off for a big game. Now moving on to a new-ish segment. Um, typically, I do the Best Bench Award here, um, but I think I'm going to switch it up because now guys' benches are sort of evening out, knowing they're knowing who to play. And so I'm switching this segment to the Bad Bench Alert. Uh, guys that were on people's benches that ended up going off, so it spreads it around the teams a little bit. Um, this week, we have four bad benches starting with the Blount Force benching Miles Sanders who ended the day with 21.3 fantasy points his biggest day of the year seems like he's starting to come on three carries 74 yards and a touchdown had one big run uh, added three catches for 44 yards so ended up with 118 scrimmage yards on six touches that's that is very productive um, not a lot of snaps not a lot of touches for him, but when he did touch the ball, he made the most of it. Uh, next bad bench alert is David Montgomery, recently traded to the Terry's Terrorists. Uh, he had a big day, by far his best day as a Chicago Bear in the NFL. 27 carries, 135 yards, rushing touchdown, and then four catches on 12 yards, 22.7 fantasy points. Um, but... As is tradition, Marcus had him on his bench. Seems like he has a guy on his bench every week that just absolutely goes off. So interesting to see who Marcus has on his bench this week. And I can just throw him in here for the next commissioner's corner. And then TC had two bad bench alerts. Uh, did come away with a victory, so didn't affect him too much. Sat Jamal Williams, seven carries, 22 yards, and a rushing touchdown. And then three catches for 14 yards and a receiving touchdown. So... Two touchdowns for him, really boosting his value. 17.1 fantasy points. TC also benched the 49ers defense, who scored 18. Three picks, seven sacks, only allowed 11 points. Um, don't blame him, though. Going up against Christian McCaffrey, didn't want to hedge his bets there. But the defense he did start was Buffalo, who only got him three points. So that is a bad bench by TC. Now moving on to some of the upcoming stuff, uh, Freak Forecast and Player Hayton. Quickly to review last week's calls, uh, my Freak Forecast, I had Juju Smith-Schuster projected 10.7, ended up with 18.8. Nice little bounce back game, five catches, 103 yards and a touchdown against the Dolphins. Um, it's really nice to see Juju get a touchdown. Uh, going with Mason Rudolph and all the bums, Devlin Hodges, that have been thrown to him, had a 100-yard receiving game, passed Randy Moss on Monday night uh, for the most 100-yard receiving games before he turns 22 or 23. It was, I don't know, Juju seems like he's 21 every, every year he's been in the league because um, he came in when he was so young. But good game for him. Uh, another freak forecast I had, got this one wrong, Allen Robinson, receiver for the Bears. Ended up with five catches for 62 yards, projected 11.9, only ended up with 8.7. Um, 
no touchdown value. David Montgomery ran the ball a lot. So bad call by me. Allen Robinson's been getting it done this year, though. So um, I think he's still really good going forward. Clearly the number one target in that offense. But with Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball, you never know how much value that actually has. The last freak forecast, Kenny Galladay projected 13, actual was 25.3. So big bounce back day for him, uh, like I had thought was going to happen after Marvin Jones had four touchdowns. Um, Kenny Galladay, six catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. So big day for him and for Marcus's team actually having him in his lineup. Uh, Guys I was hating on last week. Derrick Henry projected 15.9, ended up with 6.8. So that Bucks run defense, it'll get you. Um, it's held a lot of good running backs this year to uh, minimal yardage and keeping them out of the end zone. Um, Derrick Henry, 75 yards on 16 carries, did have uh, one or two runs that were 20 yards plus. So um, bottled up for most of the day and then one catch for eight yards. So. No end zone for Derrick Henry, no touchdown value, so correctly hated on him. Now the next two guys I was wrong about. Um, They didn't blow their projections out of the water, but they did beat them. First one is Joe Mixon, 17 carries, 66 yards, added four catches for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. So got into the end zone, which is surprising for the Bengals this season especially from Joe Mixon, Uh, projected 11.5, ended up with 15.7, so a respectable fantasy day. That that receiving touchdown really boosted up that fantasy line for him. And then I hated on Christian McCaffrey. I knew I shouldn't have, but he was just projected so many points that I I thought it was a good call. But Christian McCaffrey doing McCaffrey things, 14 carries, 117 yards, and a, a rushing touchdown and then four catches for 38 yards. Projected 20.2, ended up with 25.5. Um, mentioned him in my stud running backs for the week. So you knew it was coming when got down to player hating, called that one wrong, probably should stop betting against McCaffrey to put up fantasy points. Now on to this week's freak forecast. I uh, got a few for you guys. Uh, start off with George Kittle who has been good in the receiving game, hasn't had the the monster year like he was last year, um, but the 49ers are running it a ton. I still think that George Kittle, now that Emmanuel Sanders is in that offense, take off uh, some defensive, uh, some of the defensive players keying in on Kittle. It'll help open things up for him. Um, and they're playing Arizona this week, who's been notoriously bad against defending tight ends and so George Kittle is currently only projected 11.9 I think he's going to have a big day Um, should get into the end zone um, unless they just decide to run it 55 times which could happen Um, but George Kittle project him to have a big game which unfortunately he plays for the uh, high-flying Hawaiians who I'm going up against this week so I don't I hope it's not too big of a game but he's in my freak forecast Robbie Anderson, number one waiver priority pickup this morning, wide receiver for the Jets playing at Miami. Um, Miami's real bad, we all know. Don't have to go into depth there. Robbie Anderson only projected 9.3. I think he gets some of those breakaway big 
big touchdown catches or at least some big plays against a bad Miami defense. Um, Sam Darnold gets on back on track a little bit, so should be interesting to see there. Uh, and then my last freak forecast is Jordan Howard. And this is a strange name. I was debating whether or not to throw him in. Uh, projected 10.8 going up against Chicago in Philadelphia. And this is a big revenge game. Chicago basically said, we don't need you. Let him walk. Uh, no, actually traded him to the Eagles. Um, and the Bears defense has shown that they are susceptible to the run. Philly's got a good offensive line. So I think Jordan Howard, they come out, they make a point of feeding him the ball. I think he has a pretty good game today or this week for the Eagles. This week, I'm hating on Chris Carson, uh, running back for Seattle, going against Tampa Bay. Same reason as always. Tampa Bay's run defense has shown that they are good against the run, and their secondary is really bad, so teams are just throwing the ball. Um, And so I think Chris Carson, he's projected 16.2 fantasy points. Um, I don't see Seattle having a trouble beating the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks this week, um, but I think they'll do it through the air. So I'm hating on Chris Carson, hating on James Conner. Uh, big game this last week, had a couple weeks, but he's a little banged up going up against Indianapolis. Um, Jalen Samuels is also back, should be back this week. So he's going to steal some touches away, especially if Connor isn't at 100%. think Indianapolis is going to key on their running backs. Uh, Mason Rudolph hasn't proven that he can lead an NFL offense in any effective way. So James Conner is projected 15.4. I don't see him getting to that this week. And then hating on a guy I don't want to hate on, but probably should because of the matchup is Mike Evans going up against Seattle. Seattle's secondary isn't scary by any means, but um, after last week, Mike Evans proved that he needs to be the number one focus of the defense. And I think this will result in a bigger game for Chris Godwin um, as Seattle sort of shifts their focus to containing Mike Evans. Mike Evans projected 15.1. I don't think he hits that this week unless he can uh, catch two touchdowns like he did um, this past week against the Titans. And now moving on to the flog matchups. Start off with my game of the week, which is the Savage Patch Kids at five and three versus the Blount Force at six and two. So this matchup on paper looks really good until you check out TC's roster and realize that the Saints have a bye, which means he's missing half of his team. Uh, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Latavius Murray. So I think um, it's going to be a win for Quentin. Uh, the Blount Force going to seven and two, TC dropping to five and four. Uh, TC's quarterbacks this week don't love them. They're pretty low ceiling guys. Uh, his wide receivers are thin, especially with Michael Thomas out. He's currently starting Preston Williams, Scary Terry, who's came back down to earth, and DJ Moore, who hasn't been very productive. Um, so I think, and I also think Blount's team just looks like it's going to be in for another big week. Um, He's got good matchups, his quarterbacks, high ceiling guys, running backs have been consistent, and his receivers have been really good. So I look for Quentin to take this matchup in the game of the week. Uh, and the next matchup is the Terry's Terrorists, two and six, going against the Coon Squad at four and four. 
Um, Connor finally has his three-headed monster back. Uh, Elliot, Chubb, and Barkley are all back in his lineup. There's been injuries, there's been bye weeks, but he finally gets them all back this week. I do think Marcus has an edge with his QBs and wide receivers. Um, I mean, it's not a, a huge edge, but Marcus does have Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Kenny Galladay uh, is his wide receivers, and Connor is currently going with Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, and DK Metcalf. So I think Marcus has the edge in receivers, but I don't think he can keep up with the three-headed monster on the Coon squad. Um, and with Marcus's luck the last few weeks, he's going to bench his highest score. Um, so he's not going to get those points. I got to give Connor the win here, moving to five and four, and uh, Terry's Terrace dropping to two and seven. Next matchup is the LeBron Kings going up against the Magic Skull Bus. Uh, Ruff has five buys this week. Five of his guys are on buy. Um, the Rams are on a buy, so he's missing all of them. And then the Austin Hooper with the Falcons and Tyler Boyd, who he just traded for with the Bengals, all on by. Uh, Justin's quarterbacks this week looks like he's going to go with uh, Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew. So low ceiling guys. Um, Keegan has the advantage there. And then the biggest thing is Keegan has a huge advantage at running back and wide receiver. Um, Ruff's current running backs are Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, not guys you're terrified of. Keegan is rolling out Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. We all know what they've been doing. Um, looks like Keegan's going to be getting Adam Thielen and Devontae Adams likely back. Talked about Chris Godwin. I just think that Justin doesn't have the horses to keep up in this matchup. I think Keegan wins this one, goes to seven and two, and the LeBron Kings, Justin Ruff drops to two and seven. And then the last matchup this week is myself, Juju's in the Attic, 5-3, and three, going against the high-flying Hawaiians at 2-6. and six. This is a really awesome quarterback matchup. I am starting Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford. Uh, Deshaun Watson recently overtook Russell Wilson for the number one fantasy quarterback. like to see that. Matthew Stafford's been really good this season, uh, another top 10 guy. At quarterback, Jake has Aaron Rodgers, who's been lighting it up the last few weeks, and Russell Wilson. We all know what he's been doing. So, really good quarterback matchup. I think it's a, uh, even there. Uh, Jake, I think he has a slight edge at running back this week. Uh, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been getting the touchdown value. Is going against Miami for me. Mark Ingram against New England. Don't love that. Um, if James Conner plays... Jake has him and Josh Jacobs. I like his edge there. I do think I have an edge in the pass catchers. Uh, Tyreek, Juju, Travis Kelsey, DJ Chark. Um, Jake rolling out Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Jamison Crowder, and Darren Waller. So I think I get the edge there. But what's really going to set this game apart is that Jake has an advantage at flex. Um, with Melvin Gordon and George Kittle. So I think Jake takes it this week. Um, hate to say it, but I dropped to five and four and he goes to three and six. Thanks everybody for listening. Those are my matchups for the week. Tune in tomorrow for TC Thursday, and I will see you all next week for the Commissioner's Corner. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? Not bad, man. <coughs> all right.
Yep. Let's do this. Just normal start out, go over the matchups, talk about lineups, who they're going, and then I think at some point, not this week, but at some point, probably stop quizzing you on the matchups since <laughs> we're starting to get back into it. And so, yeah. But um, we'll keep doing it this week. Uh, got the document all updated. All right. So. Pause for a few seconds, and then we'll get it started. Cool. Hello, and welcome to the Flogcast Network. This is your Flog Commissioner speaking, Scott Benzing. And as always, on Thursdays, we have the one, the only, TC. TC, how are you doing today? Mr. Scott, welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, football is getting close again this week. I feel, it seems like we were just here last week talking about week eight. Now we're at week nine. So I'm excited, but yes, but yeah, a little concerned about uh, the end of the season approaching ultimately very fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's really getting down to crunch time. Um, we just finished up week eight. There's only 12 weeks in the fantasy football regular season in our league. So two thirds of the way done um, after this week, be three quarters done. So it's really getting down to the end here. Um, as the standings currently sit uh, tied for first place, both with a record of six and two are the Blount force and the magic skull bus um, coming in close behind is yourself, the, um, Savage Patch Kids at five and three, as well as the Juju's in the Attic at five and three. Uh, Connor dropped to four and four this past week. Um, didn't have a great performance against the LeBron Kings, so he's sitting at four and four. And then the guys that seem destined for the toilet bowl uh, playoffs are Justin, Jake, and Marcus, all sitting at two and six. So, um, what are your thoughts on the playoff race heating up here? I think. Uh... I, I think that even though Connor dropped to four and four, um, if me or you lose Scott, um, this thing is still wide open. Um, he's only one game back from us, and there's a few weeks that things could go awry for both of us. Um, Connor still got a solid chance, um, but he's also like what we just witnessed the other day. Uh, he, he just traded away Nick Chubb to Mr. Justin Ruff, so it kind of causes com- some confusion as to what Connor's game plan is at this point because. Yeah, I get he's getting draft picks, but I think that that Chubb is somebody he was going to hold on to, but uh, it looks like he's not. Yeah, that was – I think it came as a shock to everyone. Um, Chubb has been really good this year. He's only a second-year running back. Connor had that three-headed monster of those bell cow running backs with Barkley, Elliott, and Chubb. And then that kind of blew everybody's socks off yesterday, getting that group message, trade alert, uh, Connor sending Nick Chubb to the LeBron Kings to Justin and Justin sending a first round pick next year, a second round pick in 2021 and also T.Y. Hilton. And so that was pretty probably the biggest trade that's happened this season so far. Um, yeah, I as would far have to as, agree. Yeah, as far as players going back and forth. And I, my thinking is that Connor realized that he had a surplus of good running backs. Um, and that he really needed wide receiver help. And so that's my guess. T.Y. still productive. He's getting a little up there in age, late 20s. But 
Um, I think that's kind of where he's coming. And then getting those picks thrown on really helped him um, go ahead and accept that deal. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And um, his his wide receivers aren't, you know, aren't lurking the worst right now either, though. But I, I, I agree with you. I think his wide receiver help is what he needed in the, to make this run happen. Um, but, you know, Ruff got a player that he wanted. Um, he, his team looks completely different than it did three weeks ago. So uh, I was I was questioning him. I wonder if he's trying to make a run for the playoffs or is this just for the future for him? So that's a little confusing on my part too, I'm kind of figuring out what he's trying to do. Yeah, the confusing part is that uh, a week ago he traded Odell Beckham Jr. to Keegan for a first round and some other stuff in there, Tyler Boyd. So he had had a first round pick in the upcoming draft, which – he hadn't had in a while and then couldn't it just burn in a hole in his pocket couldn't hang on to it had to get rid of it and a week later he traded that first round pick for Chubb so yeah I think... he, he had some serious weight in his pocket and he's walking around with that change he decided to spend it so yeah yep um it'll be interesting to see how it works out I think Chubb's a, a rock solid keeper um so Justin's probably happy to get that uh, see how T.Y. Hilton pans out for Connor moving forward. I did just receive a notification on my phone that T.Y. Hilton is not practicing this week, uh, hasn't practiced this week, so Connor might not <laughs> be able to use his new trade asset in the matchup this week. Um, so let's just go ahead and get started going over the matchups. And since we've been talking about Connor, let's start with his matchup this week going against the Terry's Terrorists. Um, what are just your general thoughts about this matchup? Quickly looking over their lineups. Uh, this is a must win for Connor. Um, if Marcus wins this, then Connor's um, hopes for a playoff push are, are looking very minimalistic. Um, I like I like Coons, uh, his team uh, just a, a smidge better, uh, but that's going to change just a little bit with Ty not practicing and then him having to have another flex player come in, but then he also. Once he gets Patrick Mahomes back, things will be different for him. But right now, Connor's in kind of a, I don't know, he's kind of in a, a down spot. He doesn't have the personnel to boost him up, and he's just traded away Nick Chubb. So this this game is going to be a close one, I think. Um, looking at his QBs, I like Connor's QBs. His QBs have been great all year. Uh, Marcus having Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's been great all year. Daniel Jones. Uh, he lights it up when he's when he's on fire, but then he's just a dud. So it's like big time or nothing at all for him. Uh, so I think Connor kind of has the edge at QBs this uh, this week. Yeah, I I'd have to agree. Um, I like Connor's quarterbacks a lot more. The matchups are what concern me there. Um, Kyler Murray has been pretty productive the last couple weeks though he's had some down games as far as fantasy production and now he gets to face the San Francisco 49ers defense which as we all know has been uh, I think the top a top two defense number two right behind the Patriots they've been Um, suffocating yeah so that that matchup worries me rookie quarterback going up against that defense and then Tom Brady playing at Baltimore on Sunday night. Tom Brady did get on the injury report this week um, with a sh- uh, shoulder soreness. I don't think it'll be anything that'll keep him out. But um, Baltimore, their defense has um, been sort of up and down, but they did just trade for Marcus Peters and so kind of shored up that secondary a little bit. So I'm not sure if 
Brady is going to have a, a great day this weekend, but um, I think yeah. Dak's in for a good day for Marcus against the Giants and Daniel Jones, like you said, so volatile. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah, I think, um, well, when both of his players play on Monday night, you're, we're really not going to know what happens to that game until the very last second because he's got both of the QBs. Um, looking at his, his running backs, you know, you could put the X on Chubb right now. And then at Elliott, I think his running back position clearly goes to Connor. You have Barkley and Elliott over Philip Lindsay, who has had a few solid games, but then he's had some down production as of late. And then David Montgomery, who've only had really one good game this season. Then he's going to go be going against Philly, who has a really good run defense. Um, I think Philip Lindsay is going to get uh, some good work with um, Joe Flacco being out this week, though. Uh, so that's something that. It could he could get uh, some big numbers put up by his running back Marcus's uh, running backs he could, but comparing that to Coons, I think Coons still got the edge on running backs as well. Yeah, and just looking at Marcus's running back situation this year, I mean he traded away Mac. Um, it seems like he's sort of in a similar situation to what I was last year, where it you're just plugging and playing, hoping one of your running backs does something every week and it really hurts your fantasy outlook if you don't have consistent guys at the running back and I'm not talking about uh, like um, all-stars all-pro guys that are putting up 20 points a week like McCaffrey I'm just talking about guys that can get you 10 points to 15 points consistently and Marcus's running backs haven't been able to do that and that's why he hasn't been able to win a lot of games I feel that pain it's exactly where I was last year yeah Um, Lindsay's line has just been up and down um, he like that game in Green Bay. He had a huge game, twenty-seven points. Uh, the game with the Chargers, twenty-two points. But it's just you, you, you can't tell because there is no consistency. And then with Montgomery, you know, having his best game, it's been mostly down. And he's got a few touch, three touchdowns on the year, three rushing touchdowns. Um, so you're hoping big games for both of these guys, and you're hoping that he's just hoping for a prayer, kind of right now. Yeah, and I mean, if one of these guys freaks out and puts up 35 points, that changes the whole outlook of the game. Yes, it does. That can happen. That can happen. Uh, and with Marcus, the case has been that he's left that guy on the bench the last couple of weeks. He, so, uh, <laughs> who are you going to predict uh, who on Marcus's bench is going to go off? I think it's going to be Philip Dorsett. Oh, I don't have Marcus's bench pulled up. Um, but I'm sure that he'll whoever he has left on there, he will uh, make sure that they're not in his lineup and that all of those points are for not. He's going to get the bench that's coach just of, Marcus's a, of luck. a year. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we talked about uh, Connor's trade. Uh, but looking at his wide receivers as they currently stand, Connor's got Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf. None of those guys really scare you. I mean, Allen Robinson's been probably his most consistent. Uh, wide receiver I'd say by a lot and he is currently ranked at 16th overall for the position um, which is not great is that's your top guy yeah he doesn't have consistency as wide receiver core and that's kind of been uh, that's kind of been what's holding him back all year he's got great running backs great QBs he's got a good kicker and the defense was solid for the first half of the year now we're got a question mark next to it but uh, you know, after trading away Cooper Cup, um, 
that really put a damper on his chances after after we've seen what Cup's been doing all year. You've been benefiting that, so you know I commend you for that trade and giving him Terry McLaurin for it. But wide receivers, I'm looking at uh, Marcus's who has Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and Kenny Galladay, and that is a dangerous trio. Uh, even though Adam Thielen's coming back this week with the Vikings, I think that Diggs still going to get he's going to post a, a good number, and I think he's going to you know he's posted what 100 over 140 in the last three games and what, two out of three Thielen has been there. So I think that Diggs has been solid. I think, I think Keenan Allen is due because he hasn't had a good week since week three at Houston. Um, I keep saying he's been due for like the past four weeks, but I can't be wrong if I say it every week. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like Keenan Allen. He's usually very consistent, um, has had some up and down games. Hasn't been getting the touchdowns like he did in those first couple of weeks. Um, I think he bounces back. I think his – it was a calf or a quad injury that he had, and he was um, – didn't even say he was going to play last Hamstring? weekend. Hamstring, yes. Yep. Um, and it was announced like I think an hour before the game that he was getting uh, – he was going to play, and Marcus didn't see it in time to switch him in. Um, but the last couple of weeks, uh, two weeks ago, 11 targets for Keenan Allen. Last week, 10 targets. So he's getting the volume. Uh, I think that he should have a pretty good game, um, even though the Chargers seem like they're going uh, down the tubes this year. They did fire their offensive coordinator, so it'll be interesting to see how he changes up the offense um, yeah, going and that, forward. That could be good for Allen, you know, um, We'll see, though. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super um, worried about Chargers just blowing up, going crazy. But, you know, a little change of pace, exactly what some teams need sometimes. Like, look at the Browns last year after they've, you know, fired their head coach. And then back half of the season, they had a great year. Uh, you know, coaching staff changes it really can motivate dudes to play better. And he's got Kenny Galladay, too. I really like Kenny Galladay, um, except for against Minnesota in Week 7 when he got that one reception for 21 yards, and then week three at Philadelphia, you know, against the Giants, he had six receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's a solid line for anybody, honestly. Um, so I really like Marcus's wide receivers over Coons for that, for mostly for Diggs and Galladay and the upside of what Keenan Allen has. Yeah, and Marcus has both of those Detroit wide receivers, and Matt Stafford's been throwing the ball downfield a lot. So with Marcus, he's got to put both of the Detroit receivers in because you can see that um, if you're looking at their uh, schedules the last couple of weeks, one will have a huge day and the other one won't do much. Um, and it's just too hard to guess which one's going to have the big game. Yeah, so, and with uh, on Johnson being out and their backfield kind of still up for grabs, I think that's a smart move on Marcus's part that it's, it's going to be up to the receivers. And Marvin Jones has proven – over and over that he can do it. And Kenny Galladay stepped up this year big time. Yep. Both of those guys are top 20 wide receivers on the year. Galladay at 14, Marvin Jones at 18. Um, so that's that looks good for Marcus's um, wide receiver depth. Uh, Connor, his other guys outside of Alshon and Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf. Uh, had I think two touchdown catches last week, but that he only had like three catches for twelve yards or something or twenty yeah, yards. Yeah, three for so. thirteen and two touchdowns, and that was just bad matchups on Atlanta. They were just layups um, for the Seahawks. Really, um, he's a big guy. He goes up and gets the ball, and if it's an easy 
an easy pass, then there's no reason he can't grab it, and that's what they did. Yep, and he has another good matchup this week against a bad Tampa Bay secondary, so be interesting to see there. The tight ends here, I mean, TJ Hawkinson for Connor, Jimmy Graham for uh, Marcus. Both of these guys seem like they're four catches for 40-yard type of players, um, unless they get that touchdown work. Um, yeah, nothing exciting like- there. Jimmy Graham ranked 13, TJ Hawkinson's ranked 16. So they've had some touchdown production, but the tight end position this year has just been very weird. Uh, we don't have a lot of consistency. And so it, it, it's it's almost like that one's an equal an equal stat line. I don't think the, the tight end's going to make or break either of these teams this week. Yep. And then the flexes, Marcus has James White and Marvin Jones, as we talked about. Connor going currently has Ezekiel Elliott likely see T.Y. Hilton in here one of those wide receivers drop down to this flex and then his other flex is Jordan Howard and I think Jordan Howard um, he might be in for a decent game this week against his former team the Chicago Bears yeah I I do like that I like this revenge game I like that Philadelphia has really given him the rock and he's proven himself that he, he can he can gash the defense um he's had some up and down weeks um but there's a good upside to jordan howard um and it it honestly isn't even the running backs personal consistency i think it's his team's consistency because philadelphia has just been kind of weird this year uh they they lose teams they shouldn't they beat teams they should uh i you know you never really know yep philly's been up and down maybe they'll get it straightened out maybe they'll keep putting around 500 for the rest of the year who knows um so who do you have in this matchup huh well let me see chubb's gonna his his projection line 17 um they're going against denver without joe flacco um i think connor's got the edge on this one mostly because of his um his two running backs and his flex and then kind of his um, QBs. I know his QBs matchups are tough, but I also think that Brady's gonna he's gonna put up a consistent twenty plus points. Um, Murray, we'll see what he's made of um, this week. We'll see if he's he really can be that good. Uh, Marcus's team is just they've just been too inconsistent. Even though Connor's team hasn't been super consistent. I think we can count on Connor's team here more, just a little bit. But like we were talking about, if Connor's or if uh, Marcus's wide receiver core they show up, and that I'm going to throw Marvin Jones into that, make it a four wide receiver core. Those those four I think are what uh, Marcus has got to balance on. If they can all put up good stat line, I think Marcus can take this. But I just don't see all four of them doing that. I can see two out of four, especially because he has two of them as Detroit Lions. So I think Con- Connor's got the edge, and he's going to pull away with this one this week. Um, but I can hope that Connor takes the L, which separates um, fourth and fifth place in the in the playoff run. So you know, but I think Connor's going to win this one. Yeah, uh, I think Connor's going to edge this one out, even without Chubb. Um, but it'll be really interesting just looking at their lineups. Marcus's both of Marcus's quarterbacks play on uh, Giants and Dallas are the Monday night game, correct? Yeah. Yep. Both of Marcus's quarterbacks play on Monday night. 
and both of Connor's running backs will be playing on Monday night. So it'll be a big game um, to determine who wins this matchup, um, whether it's a lot of passing, a lot of running. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I do have Connor winning this matchup this week, even without Chubb. Uh, who do you have in the series winning Coons the next. overall series? Because uh, Marcus hasn't won a month much in the past two years correct connor is three and zero against marcus lifetime yeah i could see that all right uh we'll move on to the lebron kings and magic skull bus get some of these boring games out of the way before we talk about ourselves for most of the podcast heard that um, <laughs> so lebron kings two and six going up against the magic skull bus six and two um currently Justin has a vacancy in his running back spot. Plug Nick Chubb in there when he gets him. But that's still only going to boost his projected total up to about 142.5, whereas Keegan is sitting over 164. Um, So he'll still be favored by more than 20 points. Uh, What are your thoughts about this matchup? Yeah, Keegan's uh, Keegan seems looking real dangerous right now. And if Odell Beckham Jr. gets his hat out of his behind, then then I don't see why Keegan isn't just going to mop the floor with everybody the next few weeks. Uh, with Thielen back in, Adams back in, um, Godwin's going against uh, Seahawks, and I think it might be end up being a shootout there. And then you've got Winston and Wentz, who both flash very high upsides. Uh, this is going to be um, – I think this is going to kind of be a one-sided battle. Uh, I really like Gardner Minshew on Ruff's team. Jacoby Brissett has been so solid without Andrew Luck. He's ranked 15. Last week was the first time or only the second game that he hasn't thrown a touchdown. He's thrown a lot of touchdowns this year, and I'm, I, I really respect that of him. But then you look down and, and, and Ruff's lineup, it, it gets a little weird because uh, what's he got some buys. Yeah, he's got buys from the Rams. He's got buys for Tyler Boyd that he just acquired from Keegan. Uh, Atlanta's on a bye. So he's, he's on a bye week hell, and I feel his pain a little bit. Um, but he also has been making moves. Ruff loves to make moves, like trading. And as you can see, most of his team has been acquired through trade. Uh, yeah, uh, I feel you there. I think Nick Chubb's really going to make his team interesting. Um, don't love his quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew's been lighting it up, but Nick Foles is nearing – uh, a comeback so see how that works out there if they keep going with the young kid or give it to the guy that just paid a ton of money to um, Jacoby Brissett has been serviceable has been winning games hasn't been uh, really a fantasy fantasy star uh, ranked 15th out of quarterbacks um, and then yeah Keegan's quarterbacks Carson Wentz Jameis Winston Jameis Winston I mean He's he could throw 400 yards and four touchdowns to go along with four interceptions. So um, it seems like, I don't know, his fantasy value just is so up and down. It's weird. Um, Carson Wentz, don't love the matchup against Chicago, but um, teams have been proving the last few weeks that you can score on the Bears. So Yeah, they, they've really been getting exposed lately. I don't know. I think that uh, there's a little bit of trouble in paradise. Things that they thought would be happening aren't happening the way that they thought they would. So everyone might be panicking a little bit. And I think that the Eagles really need a win 
um, against Chicago, and I think that I think that they can get that. But I think yeah, I think Keegan's got the upside on QB on this on this matchup though. Yeah. Yep. And then obviously the running backs for Keegan, Delvin Cook, Aaron Jones, just monsters all year. Um, and they the have number two good... and the number three. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Keegan's wide receivers. Glad to have Thielen back. Glad to have Devontae Adams back. Chris Godwin. Uh, his team's starting to get healthy now, and it's going to make a big difference. Um, Keegan going with Hunter Henry, who's really came on after coming back from his injury at tight end. So that receiving core right there is going to be pretty scary if those guys produce. Yeah. Uh, their, their, their ceiling is very, very high. Um, and I think that Minnesota against KC, I, you know, it would have been more of a shootout if Mahomes was back, but I, I still think that you're going to see a lot of big plays. And uh, But the only thing I'm ever worried about, and it never really happens, is if, you know, when you've got – he's got Cook and Thielen, the number one running back and receiver, and then Jones and Adams. And it's almost like, well, sometimes you think if one, one of those players gets a lot of the load, then it's going to take away from the other one. And Jones has been playing without Adams. So I think Adams could see a dip, but I also think that he could break through and get a touchdown and a few receptions, and that's a big stat line for receivers because of how easy it is for them to get points. Yeah, and I mean, we sort of saw that Aaron Jones is, over the last few weeks, his scoring has just went crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm concerned that when Devontae Adams comes back, if Aaron Jones's receiving workload reduce or um, gets reduced a little bit, because uh, yeah, since week five was when Aaron Jones had that four touchdown game against Dallas, uh, and since then he's had a bunch of catches and targets that have helped boost up that stat line. He just had 159 yards receiving this past week. Um, he's had. Since that Dallas game, he's had seven catches, 75, four for 13, four for 33, and then seven for 159. So I think some of that value starts to um, get lost for Aaron Jones a little bit. I think he'll still get the touchdowns, but with Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams both healthy, I wonder if his fantasy numbers start to dip a little bit from where he's at right now at number three. Yeah, I think that they are going to dip, and we saw it last week. Uh, Jones got the ball all the way down the field for them to hand it off to Williams. Um, it seems like William might be more of a power. Hello. Sorry. I think uh, we might have. Oh, yeah, I got a phone call. And I put my phone on airplane mode. I get calls from stupid insurance companies all the time. Yep. Know that feeling. But yeah, um, the good thing for Keegan, though, is that if those targets uh, for Aaron Jones start going away, he's got Devontae Adams who's going to pick him up. So his team's looking really good. He currently in his flex, Cortland Sutton and OBJ. Guys, uh, Cortland Sutton has overproduced with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is expected to miss four to six weeks now, so he's going to have a backup uh, quarterback there in Denver. Should hurt his fantasy stock. And then OBJ's been a disappointment the entire year. Um, He might be able to get back on track the second half of the season. Yeah, if I'm the Browns, I'm trading OBJ. Uh, He's supposed to bring a a level of dynamics to that offense that makes them elite. And 
And if you can't get the ball to him, like, I mean, Eli Manning made OBJ a, a top seven wide receiver. If if you've got weapons like the Browns have and it's just not happening, I, I think that maybe he's not for the team. I mean, that's a tough one to trade away, someone that you just gave so much up for, but I don't know what the problem is with him. Yeah, I think it's more of their offensive line, and at least with the Giants, they would throw him a bunch of quick slants, and then he'd break off big runs. Um, seems like the Browns have more of a intermediate to deep passing scheme going, and so their offensive line's bad, and Baker doesn't have time to make those throws. That makes um, sense. He's still a really good athlete, though. Oh, They're yeah. They're not going to trade him. Uh, Ruff's, after DeAndre Hopkins, Ruff's lineup is looking pretty rough. Um, <laughs> has D.D. Westbrook as his wide receiver. Robbie Anderson as a wide receiver. Uh, putting in Mark Andrews, but he's going up against the Patriots this week. And then Sony Michelle and Kenyon Drake. Um, what do you think about just that group of guys? I know we talked about Ruff having a bye week, so it's understandable, but that's a pr- that's not a great recipe for success. Um, oh, no, I don't think that. I think that's what's going to be the dagger in, in Ruff's thigh this week. I think Anderson could have a, a, a good stat line against Miami. He's a, he's a fast guy, and they don't have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick anymore. Um, I think that's the one glimmer of hope that Ruff has on that on those five guys. Guys, um, Sonny Michelle, if he gets goal line work, if they can get the ball down the field and he gets those goal line touchdowns, I think that that's all Ruff can hope for. Uh, Kenyon Drake for Arizona, just being right after he was traded, getting right in the lineup. Um, he hasn't done much for the Miami Dolphins, so we'll see. He's, he's playing on a short week. He plays tonight at 520. Uh, I think this is going to be – this is the reason why I think Keegan's going to just steamroll uh, rough is because of these five question marks. Yep, and, um, I mean, crazier things have happened in fantasy football, uh, but it just seems like Ruff doesn't have the the guys to keep up with Keegan this week. Who do you have winning this matchup? Oh, you just said um, yeah, Keegan. Keegan's going to take this who, one. Who do you have winning the all-time matchup? Um, damn. Keegan. Final answer? Final answer. That is one for two. Justin is actually winning this matchup six to five lifetime. Pretty surprising. Um, Yeah, I think so. So, we'll go ahead and move on to... Who do you think is going to take that one? I, I think it's Keegan. I'm with you. It... I mean, Nick Chubb makes Ruff's lineup more interesting, but with all those guys on by, it's it's going to be a rough day for Ruff there. So <laughs> Right? It's a rough day. Uh, yep. Moving on to – we'll go to my matchup, and then we'll finish up talking about your team this week. Um, Juju's in the attic going up against the high-flying Hawaiians. And a couple weeks ago, this would have seemed like um, I had a pretty good shot, but Jake's team is really starting to come on um, as the season's been going along. Yeah. Um, looking at your, the QB matchups this week, I, I think this is a, uh, probably the best QB matchups we'll see out of any games. Um, Rodgers and Wilson on Skins team, and then Watson and Stafford with you. Those are four very capable QBs. They've all proven themselves over and over again. Um, so I don't think, I think we're expecting good, uh, good stat line from all four QBs this week. So I don't think that's going to be 
uh, where the where the damage is done on either team. Um, looking though, it's moving down to to running backs though. That's that's a little bit more. I mean, I I, I still like Le'Veon Bell. It's just I, I haven't seen much from him this year, and we can only speculate. Maybe it's because he's not on the best team ever. Um, then Austin Eckler has been so good for you, and if Gordon stops getting, or if Gordon keeps taking touches away from him, then it just keeps declining. But if they can give him the ball over Gordon, I think that you have a real good shot of uh, having the better running back duo, basically because Le'Veon's going against Miami. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Le'Veon has been disappointing for however long Sam Darnold was out with mono. It was basically they had a guy that couldn't throw the ball. And so he just ran into the line of scrimmage 25 times a game. Um, and he's, I think Le'Veon's only got two touchdowns on the year. Uh, but the, the Jets schedule the next six weeks is insane. They play the Dolphins twice, twice. They play the Redskins. They play the Bengals. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Jets go offense gets rolling against some of these bad defenses over the second half of the season. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to Levy on. They had really tough matchups. He's in a bad situation, still getting that high volume though. And I think when they start playing worse defenses, they, he will start getting more yards and getting into the end zone. I can see him rolling this last and it's good for you, especially because of there's cookie again, barking at the mailman. Uh, but it's it's good it's good for you for the playoff push because you're gonna those points are gonna come in so come in so clutch for you. Um, I think you're right. The matchups are gonna are really gonna roll out for you and you'll benefit. So um, I think that's the best part about having Lev right now. Tough matchups and you get a cupcake schedule at the end. Yep. And then looking at Jake's running backs, uh, there's a lot of red cues on Jake's lineup this week. Um, both James Conner and Josh Jacobs are questionable. James Conner seems uh, like he could miss time. Um, it, he hurt his shoulder, AC joint. Uh, they just got Jalen Samuels back from the IR. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they give James Conner his full workload or if they try to split it with their other running back coming back healthy. And then Josh Jacobs, I don't think he's anything serious. There's a questionable designation, but I think that's more wear and tear. He was questionable last week and ended up uh, being able to play the full game. So I think I might have the edge in running back here this week. Yeah. Um, Even though up to this point in the season, you wouldn't think that – it depends on what Eckler can do and wh- how their offense is going to look. I just, I, he's been productive even when Melvin has been back, so I can't justify putting him on the bench and starting Mark Ingram and as my running back too, who's going up against New England this week. Yeah, I think that um, best case scenario for Skin is if um, if if, it, if James Conner has um, you know if he's hurt, and I wouldn't split the the workload if I was the team and just let him rest and throw in Jalen Samuels, who's, who's been proven that he can, you know, week four, he had a solid week uh, against Cincinnati and then he got injured. He was hurt a little bit. Um, so I think that if, if they can, if they designate Connor as not, you know, not playing skin throws in Samuels and then this game comes a little more tricky. Yep. 
Yep. Okay. Moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, I think I have a pretty decided edge in this wide receiver, and that's even with Cooper Cup on a bye this week. Um, if, I think. Yeah, you're that, right. I, I agree with you. I think you, the Hill and Shark, you can mark those downs as as solid pluses. And then you're just looking at Juju with without you know without Ben, he's coming off what that's the best game of the year that he's had last week, right? Against Miami. Uh, uh, I think fantasy scoring wise, yes, because he got into the end zone. But this is so just looking at some of his stat lines this year, um, he's played seven games in three of them. He's put up over 15 points and in five of them, he's put up over 10 points. So and that's all coming pretty much without a starting quarterback. So he's had more than 75 yards receiving in five of seven games. Um, so I, it's not the production you expect from a number one uh, wide receiver, a keeper wide receiver, but even with bad quarterback play um, and everything that's been going on, him getting the number one corners every game, he's still being a viable football player, just maybe not uh, as much of a viable fantasy player this year. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, he's doing the best with what he's got. Um, not having those weapons on his team to to help ease his um the attention on him it, it really makes it, it really puts the pressure on him and i think that he has done very good against that um i think the wide receiver wise i think you've got the edge um skins wide receivers are just uh, williams mike williams is he hasn't really done much but he, he doesn't really have anybody else uh tyrell's been solid but you know kind of up and down he's getting a touchdown in every game that he's played in and that's all you can ask for and then with Jamison Crowder a lot of volume yeah he gets he gets yeah he gets the volume but he doesn't get much after that um I think that you've got the wide receiver position uh on taking over for this match yeah and Part of the reason that Jake's starting these guys at wide receiver is because Julio's on by, Robert Woods is on by, AJ Green, who's probably going to get back um, next week, is on by this week. Um, so Jake had to throw some guy, some warm bodies in his lineup, um, and that's that's something that that's just part of fantasy football. So yeah, bye week is rough. Usually week nine is the worst bye week too. Um, nine, ten, eleven. Because I'm I'm feeling the effects of week nine by as well. Uh, then when you move down to the the tight ends, this is this is a tough one because Darren Waller's been so good this year. Um, he has he's getting the production, and then he has just a few really big games on under his under his belt as well. And then Kelsey, uh, he's been more consistent. He's had really good. Uh, he's had some really good games as well. So I think. This one's a kind of a tie. I don't think this is going to be the. Yeah, I I have to agree. Um, I think it's really going to depend who gets into the end zone between these two guys. Um, but it's pretty much a toss up. Kelsey's ranked second at the position. Darren Waller ranked third. So I I, I agree. Toss up here. Um, Darren Waller has a slightly higher projection, but projections don't mean much. Um. Moving on to the flexes, uh, Jake going with Melvin um, and George Kittle. So throwing a tight end in this flex, but a pretty good option going up against Arizona. 
who has been terrible against defending tight ends. Uh, what do you think about Melvin Gordon and Jake's flex here? I think Jake has to put Melvin Gordon in here because Melvin has such a high upside that Jake, he would hate himself if the one day he decides to bench Melvin, Melvin goes off. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but then at the same time, he's Melvin Gordon. And he was a keeper for a reason. We know that he has that ceiling. And that is the toughest part about fantasy football. It's that loyalty aspect and and, and that, that game-changing player that that we want to hold on to that we know can just change the, the course of the whole game for your team. And that can be Melvin Gordon here. But I don't think it's going to happen. But just that one, even that 2% chance that it does happen, you know, makes you want to hold on to him even tighter. And then Jake being on bye week hell – um, he kind of has to put him in there, and it, it solidifies the reason why Jake's got him in there. But I don't, I don't see much coming from him. I don't, I haven't seen much coming from him since he held out. Uh, he also, he also made a statement that said he's not going to hold out anymore because he obviously sees how detrimental that was to um, his own personal gain. Um, so that's just like kind of a drama that didn't need to happen and now he's paying for it yeah he was holding out and it wasn't a it wasn't a situation where he could hold out and then uh be released to free agency like left bell because melvin gordon is still a restricted free agent um he wasn't on a a um franchise tag situation like left bell was and so he wouldn't have been able to even just walk away um it just seems strange he held out didn't win came back early and looked bad. Um, and Austin Eckler lit the world on fire showing that he deserves those touches. Um, it's not a fluke. He can be a good running back in the NFL. Um, and he proved those touches or he proved he deserves those touches. So it's kind of been an interesting situation there in LA and just with their team being bad, it doesn't help. Um, yeah, anything. So, and, but we'll uh, see what that new, uh, no offensive coordinator so we'll see if things change up if it's going to benefit Gordon or Eckler more you really don't know I think this is kind of a a testing week to figure it out um to see where they're headed in the future yeah and it's uh I think if anything they should probably get away from running the ball straight into the heart of the defense because their offensive line has been bad um just looking at some quick numbers Melvin he's been getting a lot of his carries in between the tackles since in four games, since he's been back 44 carries only 112 yards. So that's 2.5 a carry. That is not good. Yeah. And I mean, it's not all of his fault because Eckler hasn't been running the ball um, in between the tackles well either since he came back, Um, but he's just been getting that value and the passing game for Eckler Um, and Melvin's not getting that. So um, be interesting to see, uh, my flexes, I have Mark Ingram. I moved him down because he's the late game on Sunday. So if anything happens, I can throw in a, another body there instead of having Mark Ingram locked into my running back. And then my second flex spot, I've been debating. I uh, currently have Devin Singletary in there. The guy's just been electric, but Buffalo doesn't seem to want to give him the ball a whole lot. Um, what do you think about my flexes this week? Um, I like... I like your flexes over skins because he has Melvin Gordon. I do really like George Kittle. Um, he's a great player. He, 
Um, but I think you have the edge of Mel, uh, Mark Ingram's been, he's been solid. Um, at the beginning of the year, you saw a lot more of that than now, but uh, they're going against New England, who this is going to be New England's actual first test. This is the a battle of two of the top three teams in the AFC. Once, uh, once um, Mahomes comes back, then the K- KC's back in that, back in that mix. Um, I do like Devin Singletary and, and, and he's posting good receiving, uh, good receiving stats. He's got solid rushes. He's putting up in three of the four games, he's put up over 10 points and that's all you can ask from a flex. But I also think that this is the time of the year where you give the guy who's been consistent when you need him, uh, you give him the rock. Uh, Josh Allen's been solid, but they, they don't really have anybody on the outside. They don't really have, I mean, you got John Brown um, for Buffalo, Cole Beasley, uh, but they're not any. They're not going to change the game. And I think uh, Singletary has flashed himself to be uh, somebody that can lead their offense. And I think you give him the rock. I think this is almost a situation like last year where Aaron Jones wasn't getting the ball like he should have, but we all knew how good he could be if he got the ball. Um, I think if Buffalo. Um, gives them the ball against Washington. They keep feeding the ball. I think he's going to have a big game. Yeah, and this is also part of the matchup. Um, it really came down to Devin Singletary or John Brown, who's been pretty productive as a wide receiver. I think he's the 20th ranked yep. wide receiver on the year, has at least 50 yards receiving in every game and four catches. So, um and going up against Washington's bad defense. But I, I think I might have to go with the upside for Devin Singletary. Frank Gore's got to start wearing down at least a little bit at some point, right? So You would expect, unless he's just part robot. Yeah, and Singletary had that hamstring pull uh, early in the year, and so I feel like maybe Buffalo's trying to was trying to ease him back in a little bit. He missed three or four games, and then um, so – I think I got to play the upside here. I really like Devin Singletary moving forward, but for this matchup, I'm not sure if he's going to get the touches to be um, to pull it out for me. So, going looking at both of these lineup again, who do you have winning this matchup? Well, it's crazy because Skin's projection is higher than yours, but then you got all those cues on his his. Uh behind uh, behind a lot of the names i think that even though your projection's lower i think you've got the edge on this scott i think your wide receiver core and just that slight edge on running back position that you have um is is gonna it's gonna be a close game i think um i think jinx gonna end up being knocked out of the uh the playoff race you're gonna be sitting at almost comfortable six and three um i think you're taking this one um, I actually had Jake winning this one, uh, I think in my commissioner's corner. I mean, I do like a lot of my guys, but it seems like a lot of my guys are boom or bust. Um, Austin Eckler has been that way recently. Uh, Mark Ingram has been sort of a 8 to 12 point guy if he doesn't get into the end zone going up against a good defense. Devin Singletary's boom or bust, Juju, so... I think even with all the those red cues, um, as long as those guys play, I think Jake can edge this one out. Um, and I'm going to save you the heartbreak of trying to pick who's winning this <laughs> matchup because it's actually tied. So it's uh, where Jake and I are two and two against each other. So oh dang, 
Oh, be- well, is that lifetime also including playoffs? Yep, that's playoffs. Because okay, you beat uh, him last year. He beat me twice last year, and then I beat him in the toilet bowl playoffs, and then I beat him in our matchup earlier this year as well. So on a hot streak against him. Um, and now for last but not least, your matchup going up against the Blount Force. Um, what do you, What are your just overall thoughts about Quentin's team as a whole this year? Because he's been putting up those points. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's put up over over a hundred points over the next points for person. Um, and and we all gave Quentin crap about it. Um, oh gosh, oh, give me one second. Cookie. Sometimes you just got to say your name and whistle at her for her to like, realize everything's going to be okay. Um, Quinn's team is just – it's crazy. It's, his team, in my opinion, uh, looking at the beginning of the year, was a boomer bust team. Um, Quinn's like the dude that all the people on his team were the ones that he drafted, which is amazing. It was such a good draft, and his projection's always high, and his team keeps blowing up. And it's kind of like I don't get it, but – it's exciting to see, and you know that he's just loving life right now, um, getting all these great numbers out of the players that we said aren't going to do squat. But he, it's also proven that he has a boomer bust team, like Mike Evans, for example. You know, like what? Yeah, two games. One game he had forty-one points. One game he had thirty-seven. He had a zero week five. He had an eight point one week two. Uh, He's consistently yeah. in between 15. If, if you averaged out his numbers, um, he's getting like maybe 15 to 20 points total uh, per game if you averaged them. But that's impressive. Uh, Cooper's been super good this year. Uh, Dak Prescott and him have really good connection. Julian Edelman, been great. Uh, like his players have just all been really playing well for for what we expected Fournette has been cramming it down my throat because I talk so much crap about him but he's been very consistent this year Um, yeah and I I agree I think um, we gave uh, Quentin's team crap a little bit earlier in the year um, because Fournette hadn't proven after last season had a bad year last year Derrick Henry was only had those four good games last year um, Tyler Lockett was a question mark. Uh, was Amari Cooper going to keep doing well? How would Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen look? So there were a lot of questions there. Um, but yeah, his, I mean, playing against him last week, I scored 177 points. Like that's a, that's a good day. That's a really And then good day. look, look over at Quentin's team and he has Mike Evans getting him 37. Tevin Coleman has four touchdowns. Julian Edelman adding two touchdowns. It was just couldn't keep up. Um, His team bad. is really scoring touchdowns this year. And that is what is most important in fantasy football. Yep. And he's still holding on to AB um, for the hope that he might come back at some point. That dog, I think uh, the dog wants to get in on this conversation. Yeah. Cookie. Cookie, it's okay. I promise. Okay. Um, so, went over Blount's matchup. His wide receivers have been really great. And Tevin Coleman coming back at full strength just really makes his running back depth even deeper. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, Tevin Coleman. Um, so, that's impressive there. 
wide receivers talked about them Mike Evans Amari Cooper Julian Edelman seems like if one of the guys has a down game the other guys on Quentin's team pick him up and have big days so Zach Ertz has probably been the most disappointing uh, guy on his team but he's still ranked seventh at the tight end position which shows um, you how inconsistent the tight end position has been this year yeah, Zach Ertz doesn't have a game over 14.2 fantasy points this season. Um, he has one touchdown catch on the year, doesn't have a game with more than 72 yards receiving. And so it's just been it's been interesting. And over the last few weeks, uh, the last three weeks, he his highest scoring game is 5.4. So it seems like Dallas Goddard's getting more involved. Zach Ertz. Uh, just not doing a lot this year, but still seventh at tight end. Um, yeah, he's getting him some points here and there. Uh, it's not really the 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 spot on Quentin's team that really makes or break his week with his team putting up so many points and getting all the touchdowns that he's been getting. Um, and Lamar Jackson just having such a good year. And Josh Allen's having solid solid enough year as well. He's consistently getting almost the 20 points every week. Um, so that's, that's really good on Quentin's parties. You know, I'll give him the credit. He's, he drafted a good team and he stuck with them most of the year, barely made any trades. Uh, then I look on the other side and look at the Savage Patch kids and there's a bunch of question marks because I'm on a little bit of a bye week hell. Uh, me and half the Saints team are on the bench. <laughs> so yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not good. You still have Ryan Tannehill. As your quarterback, I'm sure you'd like to see Drew Brees in there, but um, yeah, quarterbacks are looking a little rough this week. Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was trying to make some moves for a QB um, this week, but it didn't work out the way I wanted to. Uh, so I ended up, since that didn't happen, honestly, I forgot that I put the waiver wire in for me, Cole Hardman which was a bonehead move on my part. <laughs> and then I ended up dropping him. For Derek Carr, a couple seconds right after my uh, after it came through, I was like, oh, "What the heck was I doing?" Um, it honestly went through earlier than I expected too. I was awake and I just hadn't checked it. So I'm like, "Oh, it ever comes in this early?" I'm like, "I'll check in 20 minutes." Nope, I should have keep hitting refresh and figured out what I was doing. Um, yeah, my quarterback situation, Quentin's got the edge. Uh, Tannehill, he did solid for me last week. He he got those touchdowns. He um, put up a respectable. 22.3 points, three touchdowns. Um, I picked up Derek Carr because he's, he's, I don't know, Oakland's still kind of like searching. Uh, what are they, just under 500 right now? They they lost against Houston, but he's putting up a good, a good amount of yards the last four weeks. Um, I think once he starts finding the end zone, then that's going to be big for him. Uh, when I looked down at our running backs McCaffrey's the best running back of the of the four um but Jamal Williams also the worst of the four so I think Quentin's got the edge if Fournette still produces like he has been if he's been consistent Coleman I don't I don't see a problem with Coleman against Arizona um I'm hoping best case scenario is that Jamal Williams takes the red zone um rushes from Aaron Jones yeah, um, Christian McCaffrey, I've talked enough about him on my commissioner's corner every week. He's an absolute stud. Uh, you have Chris Carson down at 
your um, flex position this week. Uh, normally he'd be in your running back slot, uh, but he's facing Tampa Bay. And yeah. that is not a good matchup. Nope, because McCaffrey was stuffed two times this year uh, against Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay has shut down most of the running backs they faced. I think Derrick Henry was the highest rusher against them last week, and he had 75 yards, but two, uh, like 50 of those came on two carries. So um, they've been good at shutting down the, the running game, and teams can just throw on them, so why worry about running it? Um, your wide receivers, DJ Moore, Michael Gallup, Terry McLaurin, uh, you talked about your bye weeks. Not having Michael Thomas in there really brings your wide receiver core down to earth. Yes, it does. Um, DJ Moore, I'm looking, I'm looking to him to finally, you know, have a good game. He's been consistent uh, enough, um, getting over ten points. Uh, there's been a few games where he's not. I think he should have a solid game. I'm hoping he has a solid game at uh, Michael Gallup. I like Michael Gallup. He's the number two on the the Cowboys. Um, Last two weeks, he hasn't had the – or week six and week seven, it wasn't the greatest. Um, I think against the Giants, though, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be just a big game. I think we're going to get a lot of a lot of points. We're going to get a lot of fantasy uh, surprises there. Uh, and then McLaurin uh, with – give me one second. Cookie! Cookie, it's okay. I promise. And this is our third break for the dog barking. What is she – going on i'm gonna like go get her fucking high so she like calms down or something um, just throw her outside make her an outside no she dog. is outside <laughs> that's the crazy part it's just the window is right by where she goes barks that's my bedroom window um back to terry mclaurin uh with what's his name case keenum being concussed uh case keenum's been his saving grace uh this year if if he can't get the ball, because Dwayne Haskins, they, they don't have the best chemistry right now. Um, last week, there were a few miscues. There were through, a few overthrows, a few through the hands of McLaurin. Um, if they can figure that out, then, you know, I can see McLaurin posting at, at least above 10 points. That's, what I'm, that's all I'm asking for is just uh, above 10 points. Maybe if he can just get a touchdown, I'll be super excited. Yeah, he had the big stretch of games to start the year where he went off, but it's really came back down to earth the last couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what Scary Terry does this week against good Buffalo defense. Um, your tight end, Evan Ingram, another one of those tight end guys that has real big swings in his fantasy uh, output. Um, Looking at his game schedule or his game log, twenty three points, seven points, twenty points, seven, seven, one, and then twelve last week. So, um, yeah, his best game was against Dallas. Um, I think that they're going to remember that. Um, I don't think that they're going to let that happen again. But I also think that I, I see him getting a touchdown. I just, like I said, and this week I'm just hoping my guys put up ten points each, so I don't get completely blown out of the water. Yeah, and sometimes you're just hoping for those low floor guys or those high floor guys that are they might not get you they don't have the possibility of getting you 30 points, but they should at least get you 10 points. So if I can get like a bunch of consistency in my players and then Blount has a bunch of down down uh down games for his players, and I could see me miraculously pulling this out like a 2% chance that I'm going to win this game, but 
there's nothing I can really do about that. That's also the reason why I have Preston Williams in my lineup. I like Preston Williams. I was reading a lot about him preseason. Um, uh, he's he's a big guy. He goes up and gets it, but he just Fitzpatrick and him and him haven't worked together much lately. Um, I was also looking at picking up Devonte Parker, uh, but I'm I'm gonna take the the boom for him this week, and because my team is so down this week, that's why I threw him into the lineup because I I figured you know there's not really much that is gonna help my team, and I think putting him in the lineup is just kind of a kind of a science test see see what happens see if some things break loose and for some crazy reason he puts up a, a big stat line scores uh, two touchdowns gets 10 passes and it's against the jets so that's all i'm hoping for in that situation yep that's understandable sometimes if you uh you've got to go for those guys that have a possibility to have a big game based on matchup um especially if you are expecting to not – if you're in bi-week hell and you don't have a lot of options. So sounds like you are giving Blount the edge in this one. Oh, he's um, got more than the edge. He's like – I think Blount's going to win this uh, handily. So that I, don't, I, I think that's a no-brainer uh, picking Blount over me this week. Yep, I have to go with that as well. Until Blount's team proves that they're not just going to keep putting up points every week probably keep giving him the edge um the only thing that i could see um even making this close is i think that blount having the uh, the eagles defense in against chicago if chicago like goes crazy and like has their (laughs) their best offensive game and then lamar jackson gets shut down by the patriots um that's that's my best case scenario for this week yeah, and their best offensive game might be 270 yards and two touchdowns. Um, <laughs> might be. So, so all-time record between you and Blount, who's winning this one? I'm going to go with TC on this one. That is correct. You yes. are ten. Uh, you are winning 10 to 5 in the matchup. Um, probably have to stop doing some of these matchups since there's uh, only a set amount of guys, and if you've been – yeah. Doing them all year, you'll probably remember going forward. So you might be getting better. But, yep, 2-1, um, and we'll call that tie a, a one on this. So you got a winning record this week on predicting the history. Um, but that's all we have today. Uh, any final words about the upcoming week? You know, I just uh, – looking at the, the standings, um, all I can hope is is, is – Jake beats you if I get beat and that Kuhn loses. Um, because if that's the case, then we're still a little bit safer than Connor is. And I, it's obvious that Keegan and Quentin are getting into the playoffs with their 6-2 and two and their teams being really good. Um, but e- even if you win and I lose, I'm still kind of uh, sitting pretty as long as like, – if Kuhn loses, that's the best-case situation for both of us. Um, that's all I can hope for. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see when my team comes back next week. Be off that bye week hell. I'll have my, all my Saints come marching in, and uh, we'll, get, we'll really kick this season off towards yep. the final stretch. It's getting real interesting. Five guys battling for four playoff spots. Uh, Connor making some moves. See how that works out. Um, I don't have anything to add. I'm just excited that 
there's going to be football for the next couple months still. Um, not starting to get depressed thinking about the Why March the football, the March through August stretch where there's no real football. Yeah, that um, is rough. But we don't have to worry about that right now. So um, just enjoy your day, TC. Thanks for stopping in, discussing some of the matchups. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Justin will be back next week. Uh, go over some of the game recap on Monday and do his normal thing next week, back from vacation with the family. So thanks, everybody, once again. This has been the Blogcast Network. <laughs>